This is Basic Ball Four. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Base Hit Ball 4. My name is Glenn Negris alongside Tyler Blumenstick, Scott Roswald, and Alex Cashman. We're another week closer to the start of the MLB season. Summer camp is well underway as many teams have launched some inner squad scrimmages. The Yankees had a couple televised scrimmages the last couple of days, including Garrett Cole, who just finished up his start the 15 minutes ago, completely dominated um, on the mound, except for an Andujar home run. But something that I saw the other day, it was very interesting. It was the 4th of July weekend. And guys, I hope you had a good 4th. I'm sure you guys did something. But this is the fourth, the first 4th of July weekend without baseball since 1981 and the second since 1871. So it's, a, it's weird to have the 4th of July and no baseball. So I'll start off with a little fun question about the 4th of July. What did you guys do without baseball? Um, I'll jump I went... on. Huh? Ty, you go ahead. Go ahead, Ty. Sorry. Um, I'm dying to know how you guys did. So I had no plans the night before um, until about 1130. My friends had plans to go golfing, so I kind of jumped on late. There were only three of them, so I filled the fourth spot. Um, I drank in the morning, then came home, nice. I took a nap, and then I went to my friend's um, for a barbecue, drank a little bit more, and yeah, it was good. It was a nice little kind of impromptu 4th of July, so we'll take it. A very low-key 4th of July? Impromptu. No, uh, yeah, it was kind of low-key. I mean, you can't really yeah. go anywhere, do anything. Not yeah. that I usually do anyways, but I don't know. I went to a Yankee Blue Jay game a while ago on 4th of July with my family. That was fun. Yeah, it's weird without know. base. Scott, yeah, how was your 4th? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, typical 4th of July for me. Spent it down in Long Beach Island at the family beach house. Uh, relaxed on the beach. Read a nice book. Uh, we had a nice a little little family barbecue, uh, you know, for dinner. Uh, beaches were packed. ton of people mm-hmm. um, wanted to enjoy uh, the warm weather. Uh, it's definitely weird, though, because we should be watching baseball. Uh, it's a huge part of my 4th of July, personally, I love, you know, I'll watch any baseball game that's on at that point. So it was weird not having it, but it's still enjoyable being able to just be at the beach. They definitely, they always have a full slate. They start with the Nationals at like 11 on 4th of July because they always have a home game. Just, it's just weird, man, not having anything. Cash, what'd you do? Uh, the yeah. Miners have a fireworks? We did. We had our biggest fireworks nice. show. 20, 20 minute fireworks. Yeah, 20 Huge. minute fireworks show. Um, we usually, that's our, usually our biggest game of the year. Last year we had 5,500 people. Um, this year we didn't have quite as many, but there was no game. Uh, but we had, it was a very successful night. We had a lot of people come and a uh, very busy night. I'm still a little sore. A lot, of, a lot of standing, a lot of running around, but it was an awesome night. Yeah, it was fun. I didn't really do much except on Sunday I went to Point Pleasant and I got this guy. Want to introduce you. Oh, I saw your Snapchat stories. This is Point Pleasant Paul. Wow. He's huge. He's, He's beautiful. ginormous. Look at that. A panda? A blue panda? Yeah, it's a panda. It's a blue panda. I won him on the ring toss game. Nice. When you first walk up the por- the uh, boardwalk at Jenks. It's Good. a Pablo Sandoval summer like- camp special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you feel like you were uh, on the first episode of Jersey Shore when they went I to did. the boardwalk? And I did. Uh, the situation was trying to win a prize for Sammy? That's exactly what I felt like doing. Except I didn't have anyone to win the prize for. I won it for myself. That's that's the only caveat there. But that's, it was a good time. That's important too. What the boardwalk was packed, so you had to wear a mask, but you know, you gotta stay safe. Cash, were you gonna you ask me? You were wearing a mask in your Instagram story. Yeah, I, I took it off for the picture. I'm assuming. Oh, Jesus you're Christ. spreading the virus. 
Oh my god. Catch, were you gonna say something? No, I decided to keep my mouth shut. No, come on. Say say what you want to say, please. Absolutely not. No, do it. No. Okay. Whatever. Well, when we're not recording, we can have this conversation. Okay. But. Okay. Great. All right. So anyway, second Fourth of July with no baseball in the last what two hundred? How, how long ago was eighteen seventy one? That's like two hundred forty years, two hundred thirty nine years, if my math is correct. Anyway, baseball is looks like it's on the mend and going to return in a couple weeks. The schedule was released, I believe, over the weekend. Um, where all the teams got their schedules. We got Yankees and Nationals. That was rumored for a while. That's going to be the opening night, as, along with the Dodgers and Giants uh, in the late game that day. Scott, what do the Phillies open up with? Uh, they open up with the Marlins at home on the 24th. So hopefully a sweep. Um, but if going off of last year's performance against the Marlins, there's potential the Phillies get swept. Yeah, that would, would be tough be because that wouldn't be good because the second series of the year is the Yankees and, and Phillies. So that's going to be a good time on this podcast. It's going to be a yeah. good time because we get to banter with each other right off the bat with the Yankees and Phillies. So guys, Something we usually don't get. So immediate reaction to the schedules. Any of the teams, any of the schedules catch any anything catch your mind? Um, I haven't really looked through everybody's schedule. I looked at the Yankees schedule. Um I know I saw one of your tweets, you pointed out that they have 12 games in a row in the middle of the season without leaving New York City, which I think is pretty big. Um, if you expand it, it's 15 out of 18 games. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's going to end up in a 60-game season being the like one of the pivotal points of the year because, I mean, we know how good the Yankees are at home. Obviously, no fans now this year, so we don't really know. But no, I, I think that could play huge for them. I think I saw a tweet because the Yankees last 20 of the games of the season, I think – 17 of them are against teams that lost 95 plus games during the regular season. And the other three being against the Red Sox that didn't have a good season at all. They were under 500. So what I thought was if the Yankees are near or at first place through 40 games, I think they take it. Cause yeah, that the way the schedule, assumption. the way that yeah, schedule goes out, but it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be a marathon, not a marathon. It's going to be a sprint and one of the things that needs to happen for the Yankees specifically is that their ace needs to be their ace the entire time, every time he takes the mound, and that's Garrett Cole. And I don't know if you guys watched 15 minutes ago, he was really good in his scrimmage game. Yep, I agree. So I have in front of me the, uh, based on 2019 winning percentages, the toughest um, 2020 schedule and the easiest 2020 schedule. Um, Opponents average winning percentage um, the Angels and the Marlins are tied for the toughest with a um, 53% winning percentage. Um, then the Orioles, the Mariners, the Rockies, and the Rangers. So initially jumping out at me there, my Orioles under bet from last episode, I like. Even though, I mean, it's a marginal difference, but I mean, it still makes sense. And then you go down to the easiest 2020 schedules. Um, the Twins at 44.9%. Um, the Indians, then the Cardinals, then the White Sox, and the Dodgers, then the Rays. So, so good teams playing kind of favorable schedules here. So I don't know. And that's that's something that's going to be really interesting about this season, especially when we talk about the wild card teams and who's competing for the wild card teams. I saw this on MLB Network the other day, and they used Scott's Phillies as an example. Scott's Phillies are playing a very very tough schedule with the rest of the NL East and the AL East, and a team like the Diamondbacks that they also compared to who are playing the Western divisions, the winning percentage of those two schedules are completely different. And that's going to determine 
the wild card. So hypothetically, the Phillies could have a much better team in terms of talent than the Diamondbacks, but just the way the schedule works out, the Diamondbacks have more wins to, be, to, be get, to get than the Phillies would. So it's a very unfair – I mean, it's really not the right thing to do in this kind of season, this kind of pandemic, to bitch and moan about the schedule because we're lucky to have baseball at all. But it's unfair in terms of the wild card because we're not playing everybody and not everyone's having an equal schedule. Yeah, to sort of jump on that uh, for the Phillies, uh, as we mentioned, we get the Yankees early, which I actually love um, because I think both both teams are still going to be kind of figuring it out at that point, still working out the kinks of this little bit of a layoff. So even though it's going to be a tough matchup to start, even if it's five games in a row, um, three in Philly and two in New York, even if they struggle a little bit there and – go two and three against the Yankees, they'll still be in a position to be able to, to rally back the rest of the way and not have to worry about running up against the Yankees later in the season when those games are going to matter um, even more. Um, going off the Philly schedule again, I wish we got more than three games against the Orioles just for a couple more easy wins, but it is what it is. Um, but when I mentioned the Twins having the easiest schedule, that was what jumped out at me. Because they were a really good team last year. That team hits. Everybody on that team hits. They had, what, five guys with 30-plus homers last year. And they went out and added Josh Donaldson. So that offense is going to be incredible. Um, Pitching, they added a few arms um, to that rotation and their bullpen. So I got to imagine the Twins are going to be one of the best teams in baseball this year just based off the schedule. Um, And even though I picked the Indians last week to go under – um, and they have one of the easier schedules as well. Uh, I'll still – I'm sticking with my under on that one because I still believe that they're going to stink. So. I want to pivot to the Yankees real quick. Um, so this article I'm reading on CBS Sports says the, the Yankees are a loser through September 2nd. Um, they opened the 2020 season playing 33 of their first 36 games against teams that were over 500 last year. Um, I feel like that just attests to the division because, I mean, the Rays were good. The Blue Jays, I think, were over 500, and so were the Red Sox. Um, and then you look at the NL East, and you got, what, the Braves, the Phillies. We've touched on this, but good teams. And then they're a winner after September 2nd, which, Glenn, goes along with your other point here. Um, they'll play all but one of their final seven series games against teams that lost 95 games or more last year. So, yeah, I mean, it lines up. So that's their opportunity to really get fat and – compile a lot of wins in a row but I hate when especially with the Yankees when they say oh they're facing all these teams front loaded above 500 well, well the Yankees are a very good team too so a team like the Nationals or the Phillies they're 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 saying oh shit we got to play the Yankees it's not like the Yankees can't hold their own against over 500 teams because the power rankings came out and the Yankees are second to the Dodgers in terms of power rankings in terms of MLB.com I just I don't like that oh, it's a tough schedule because they're over 500 because the Yankees are over 500 too. And then you add Garrett Cole and God willing, they're all healthy because Judge is going to be healthy and Hicks is not going to miss a game from Tommy John and Sands going to be healthy. The Yankees are a very good team, so they should be able to weather those tough matchups within the AL and NL East, no problem. Not no problem, but they should be able to hold their own until they get to that last 20-game stretch where it should be a cakewalk. So what I don't understand here is these power rankings – can we break down real quick? How do you possibly put the Dodgers above the Yankees at this point in time? Considering David Price 
opted out of the season, and that's a lost well, arm in their rotation. I, I think David Outside Price. Of Cle- I think David Price leaving the Dodgers actually makes them better. To be honest with you, I don't think so. <laughs> He's still good. He gets He's out of the good. American League. I mean, I think, they put, the, I think they put they, the Dodgers ahead because they have their schedule is so much easier than the Yankees' schedule. But that's, yeah, but not, that's not necessarily what a power ranking would be. Like, especially when you haven't seen a game yet. Like, outside of the Clayton Dodgers Kershaw, have also and, been right there every single year at the top of the na- of the National League. Right. How many of the plus games? How many of the last World Series have the Dodgers been in? Before uh, the last year, they were two straight. Three, right? Two straight. Yeah. Astros and Red Sox, they lost. Yankees haven't been in the World Series since '09. Also, the Dodgers won what? 108 games last year. I would say they walked the off like a favorite. million times too. I mean, they had that they they collapsed in Game Five against the Nationals. You forget they were six outs away from moving on, and then Kershaw came in in October and does what Kershaw does in October. And they also so, have the rain. I don't, I don't have a problem with the Dodgers being one. I'm not going to get on my soapbox and complain about it. But at the end of the day, what is their rotation outside of Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler? They don't have Hyunjin uh, Ryu anymore. They don't have Kenta Maeda anymore. Now they don't have David Price. Who is the, Who are those three, four, and five guys for the Dodgers? They, who? The Yankee pitching staff blows them out of the water. The lineup is comparable. The bullpen is arguably better, if not comparable. I just don't understand how you rank that. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I think, I think it's about – Oh, I, again, that's not power rankings, though. That's rankings. But, Especially preseason. That's the thing. Um, like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if you, do that. if you look at their outfield of the Dodgers, you have Cody Bellinger, who uh, MVP candidate, Mookie Betts, MVP candidate. Uh, who else you got in the outfield there? Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson is a very solid bat. So I would put AJ Aaron Pop, Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and Brett Gardner or Aaron Hicks just up there with, with mean, those guys to the point where it's a wash. No. I don't agree with that. I'm gonna favorite. I'm gonna favorite Dodgers. They put, do you think Bellinger they put health into account? Because the Dodgers well, I mean, listen, have been able Stan, to stay healthy more yeah, than the Yankees have been. Stan and Judge can't stay on the field. As much as I love Judge, he doesn't stay on the field at all. I wouldn't I mean, say. The only re- I think he's pretty durable for the most part. What, top, what do you mean? Top, no. He had to have played 125, 130 games last year. No way! No, I think he meant, I think he played like a hundred. No, one hundred and two well, last year. I I, I, I don't think I don't I don't think the 2018 injury is fair because that was a hit by pitch on the wrist and he broke his wrist. Fine, that's not he missed, missed this year. He missed sixty games. Last on the, that's year. the quad. He would have missed up until now if the season started on time. Yeah, he would have missed half the season with an injury that nobody took care of in September. Can we talk about that for a second? Well, they were in a playoff run. No, 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 that's not my point. But, you know, he got hurt at the end of September, at the end of the season, um, and he played through it, which is amazing. He even had a home run with it, which is great, and it's honorable. And then he comes into spring training, and he just doesn't feel right. So, to me, that means that the injury was never looked at. It's either that or it's just in a pesky spot. I mean, it's, it's an oblique injury. So, like – I don't understand. I feel like anything. he, he must have gotten to – he must have – had that injury swinging, like aggravated at swinging during spring training. He's That's done that twice so far. Okay, but are you swinging during the regular season, during the off season in November and December? Yeah, and that's what my that point pinch? is. That's what my point is. I don't understand how it was just ignored for four months. I mean, it's a moot point now because he's not going to miss any games, and he's been pl- he was playing twenty minutes ago. But 
if the I'm season, just saying that to me that's concerning. If the season had started on time and it was a normal year, that would have been a huge blow for the Yankees. And huge. Stan, Stan would not be starting opening day. Hicks wouldn't Hicks be starting until now. James Paxton wouldn't have started on time. Paxton. Um, I mean, you can honestly say that the Yankees caught a huge break with the season being delayed. Who else was hurt? I would agree with that. Yeah. Um. Um. Was not Avino hurt? Uh, no, Canley. 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 I think Canley was hurt. I mean, I don't know. I mean, regardless of that, my point being, I, I, as much as I love the Yankees and you know, I'll, I'll take them to the grave with me, the Dodgers outfield I'd have to put above the Yankees. I mean, with Bellinger and Mookie right there, I mean, it's hard to top that. I mean, Stanton won MVP a few years ago, but since he's been in pinstripe, he really hasn't done the same thing. I mean, he's been okay. He's been solid. He's been a good bat. But, again, he hasn't been able to stay on the field either. Um, and then the infield, I mean, that's a toss-up, I guess. I guess you like can you give Justin Turner. You have uh, Seager. Corey Seager. And Gavin Lux. Yeah, I mean. The depth of the Dodgers is just insane. The Yankees have good depth, but the Dodgers have, like, 12 All-Stars. The thing you know, is, that's I the go thing. back to the pitching there. Especially when you're going to be in a division, you're going to be playing your guys or your teams like the Astros with a good lineup. You're going to be playing the Oakland Athletics with a good lineup. Like, these are games – these are teams that are going to whack around, guys, if they're not a solid number three and a solid number four and a solid number five. Like, they have the capability to put runs up. Well, remember, they're so, only playing the Astros and A's, and a like, eight times combined. Well, right I now on their site, they have Kershaw, Bueller, Julio Urias, and Alex Wood. Um, so they need a fifth guy. I mean, that's but four. Then they also have Ross, they have Ross Stripling, Jimmy Nelson, Dustin May, who's a young guy who's got great stuff. Those four the, starters are very quality. The, the coveted Brewster Gratterall of the, the trade uh, that fell through with Boston and Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers. So they they have arms. I that but the point is, the do you have arms good the, enough to be the number one spot in the power rankings? To the point where you beat a, a rotation of Garrett Cole, Paxton, Tanaka. We got. I would argue Clark Schmidt is up there at this point. We haven't seen him yet, but no, he's I'm not, not gonna, as good as. I'm not Alex saying he's holding weight in this power rankings argument, but. All right. Here's know. my problem with that and then i guess we can move on because this is, really is a moot point because it doesn't really matter but the doctor's staff has proven themselves you know the yankees staff first of all guys like tanaka severino they were hurt a bunch last year um uh uh jay jay hap who's going to be the fifth starter in the yankees rotation was horrible most of last year um and Paxton wasn't anything to write home about till the end of the year either. I mean, they've got these big names, and obviously Garrett Cole's best pitcher in MLB, in my opinion. Um, but again, he, nobody's proved anything in pinstripes. And until the Yankees can get over the ALCS hump and get into the World Series, I don't have a problem with the Dodgers being number one. I mean, they've done it. They haven't won the World Series, but the Yankees haven't been in the World Series and, since 2009. It's definitely gonna be interesting. It's definitely a flip of the coin. You can go either way. You can argue either Yankees or Dodgers to be number one at the power rankings. But moving on to a different topic, um, with the coronavirus happening throughout the summer camp, a lot of players are deciding to opt out. Cash mentioned uh, David Price. Nick Parkakis has opted out. Um, a plethora of other players have opted out. Really throughout all right sports. Now. Really throughout all sports. Um, 
there are opt-outs. So it's just the way the season is. I, I, I can't – I saw I, somebody who sent the article in our group chat today about uh, some journalist said that they're copping out. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's a horrible thing to say. But that's just the world that we live in. Some people just look at this 60-game season and then they look at their families that they're trying to take care of and they say, you know what, it's probably not worth – putting myself in a, in a bubble and risking myself and traveling for a 60 game season. And I, I guess we just got to respect those decisions that those players make. I mean, it's unfortunate that we live in this kind of society, but can you really blame players for taking this season off? I know Ryan Zimmerman did it as well. Do you, can you really blame these players for taking 60 games off? No family comes first. And if you, if you have a kid, like I know, I mean, I mean Garrett Cole just, his son was just born a couple of days ago. I mean, this is basketball, but Avery Bradley for the Lakers has a kid who's got uh, who's at high risk, and if he would get the coronavirus, there's a good chance that he wouldn't do well with it. I'll put it. So he decided to take the rest of the season off. And to me, that's being you're a father first, you're a husband first, your family comes first. And if uh, if your family has an issue with you playing, and I, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it sucks. Uh, and you want to see everyone out there, and you want to see everyone playing, and but there's no, there's no right answer, unfortunately. I've seen a lot of reports, basically people coming out saying that the guys that are opting out, which at this point it's Mike Leake, Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross, Ian Desmond, Tyson Ross, who's a free agent, um, Wellington Castillo, David Price, Felix Hernandez, and Nick Markakis, as of now. And obviously, we've seen Mike Trout come out and basically say, hey. I don't completely feel comfortable right now, along with a bunch of other people, like Chris Bryant said it the other day. And people are making points saying that the guys that are making these decisions are the guys that are stable financially or at least believe that they can, they can go without playing the season and making the money. Um, and when you review the list of the guys, it really does seem as if these are people that have made pretty lucrative contracts within their career. Like you look at a guy like Ian Desmond, like he's not a superstar by any means, but he's he's taken in or tens of millions of dollars over his, the course of his career. So same thing when you look at Ryan Zimmerman, even Mike Leake is okay with it. A lot of guys are going to be okay with it. And I mean, at least for me, the, I haven't really been placing any of my over-under bets yet. I know I said I was going to do it right after the podcast last week. But I, I just want to see now who opts out. Like if I take an over on the Angels and Mike Trout opts out the next day, I'm not going to feel too great about that. So it's just going to be one of those things that unfolds over the next well, two weeks. I think that, well, Mike Trout, interesting to your point, Mike Trout's been at camp. So I think that most of the guys who are going to opt out, have already done. So I don't think they'd be reporting for camp and putting themselves at risk for summer camp. Um, if they were going to opt out. Well, that's why the testing right now is a huge deal because it's a huge trust factor between the MLB and the MLBPA and the players. I mean, I know they're represented by the players association, but even on just like an individual basis, there's already really no trust there from all the negotiations that happened earlier with the contract. Both sides do not get along at this point in time and are kind of skeptical of the motives of the other people. And I know the MLB is obviously prioritizing testing and they really want to keep this safe. But like Chris Bryant said, they're dropping the ball here. And if there's any time to get it right, it's now. It's not, or if, if there's any time that you have to get it right because it's simple, no travel right now, it's only their teams individually right now. You don't have to worry about your opponents. Once you start going from city to city, it's about trusting the entire league and working together because one team can screw it up for everybody else. So I, mean, I feel like that's just where it stands at this point. 
And so many of these rules are going to be really hard to follow. Uh, there's rule, no high-fiving, no fist-bumping. I mean, I saw it during watching the Yankees' uh, intramural game. There's still fist-bump. It's just it's these second-nature things as a baseball player that you know, spitting, high-fiving, um, change, t- even touching the baseball. Every baseball needs, has to get changed and disinfected, and baseball players are creatures of habits. And if a pitcher likes a baseball, he's going to keep it until – it gets fouled off out of play and you can't get it anymore. That's not the way it's going to be now. It's going to be more like how you see in a tennis match where a ball hits the net, you get a new ball immediately. It's just going to be a completely different ball game and all these different things that baseball players are so used to. It's engraved in their mind that they've, that's been engraved in their mind since they were children. That's completely off the table. Now it's going to be take a while for them to get adjusted to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one of the biggest things is going to be the spitting. I know I do it when I was out there playing. It's just kind of a natural thing to do. Yeah, it's just a um, baseball thing. Like, what what's going to happen when, I don't know, a pitcher's out there on the mound and he gets frustrated, he steps off the mound and he spits and then he, like, he tries to go to his mouth. Like, is he going to get – what's going to happen? Is the umpire going to step out there and give him a warning? Like, is he going to get ejected? Is he going to get yeah, fined? Like, I think it's going to be more of an issue with fines. You're not going to take a guy off the field and be like, hey, you spit. And, like, you're going to have to go do instant replay and basically zoom in and see if he actually spit. Like, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to be more on a fine basis. And I guess the more you do it, then the more money you're going to get And what's okay and what's not? Can Christian Yelich spit when he's by himself in right field? Is that okay? And then spitting at the plate when you're by the catcher and the umpire, that's not okay? It's it's just – a lot of these rules, I, I feel, in my opinion, are just going to be impossible to enforce because you yeah, can't. Yeah, be honest with something. Uh, and it might sound a little controversial, but I'm okay with that. Um, I, think a, I think if you're going to play, just play. If you're going to play, listen, the guys are together in the locker room. Are they not showering? I don't think they are. No. I think they have to shower when they get shower. home. Okay. So they're still in the locker room together. You're telling me that they're not fist bumping each other. I mean, when I see saying Tyler, hello to someone, right, if I, I saw Tyler, you guys, I go like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's normal and that's okay. I'm not looking the back of my hand, but I think that if you're going to play, just play. I mean, I think some of the rules are there and they're not really going to be followed to a T. I think they're there to save MLB's ass in case something does happen. Uh, they want it written so that in case, God forbid, someone does count, come down with the coronavirus, that they said, hey, listen, we said no spitting, you know, something like that. But I don't think that if a player spits, they're going to get fined unless they do it like at somebody or next to somebody. But like you said, if Christian Ellis is in right field by himself, first of all, the camera's not sitting on him the whole time. Second of all, if he spits, okay. If Glaber hits a walk-off home run, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with a walk-off home run? You can't dogpile. He's just going to touch home plate and walk into the dugout and go home. Are they going to do a lineup at the end of the game, a high five lineup, or are they just going to walk out of the, into, the cl- into the locker room? It, it, it's, it's crazy. If you're going to play, play. But what I don't I kinda, understand I, here. I kind of agree with you to an extent. I mean, safety obviously has to be the most important thing. But I'm agreeing with you. At some point, you just got to do what's nat- – you got to do what's natural. But I know there's a I, How are other sports of- going to be? How hockey, the same thing. basketball, yeah, those are actually post a guy up. You are com- you are right. constantly touching people in football and basketball and in hockey. 
I mean, baseball has it kind of easy because it's because you're social distance naturally because the positions are all over the place and not everyone is conglomerated at the same time. These other sports are in for a nightmare if they think they could pull this off, I mean, all these rules off. But I know there's a chance that – like, you're getting tested once every two days. And I know there's a – like, there's a frequency to these, this testing process – and every guy that's on the field has been tested negative. And I look, I get kind of being cautious about this, but like to Cash's point, like why not just go out there and play? Like you're opting into this, you're tested negative. If you're not symptomatic, there's no reason why you can't fist some fist bump somebody. Like it's just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes sense completely, but it also at the same time is a little overbearing. And I know, that this oh, every all eyes are on the MLB as the first major sport coming back, and I don't know if the UFC, you got people, which has been happening, is still going on. And they're going to Fight Island this Saturday um, for a three-fight series in three consecutive weeks. These guys do the same process; they get tested multiple times before the fight. They're confirmed negative. They go out and they wrestle each other and they touch each other at about as close proximity as you could possibly get, and it. It's been fine so far. They haven't had any issues. To your point, Ty, that's what I don't understand. You know, if you're so cognizant about testing these guys every day, every other day, which is great, right, and they're all coming back negative, then what's the point of taking these precautions on the field? I mean, I understand taking precautions, but it's just – You got to keep testing because they leave – they're not in a bubble. They're going home and they're traveling, so they're interacting with the outside world. So you still have to keep testing. No, and I'm not saying they shouldn't, but what I'm saying is then – I don't understand why you can't fist bump. I don't understand why I got, I just, to me, it's because it still takes 24 hours for that new test to come back, whether you're positive or negative. I get it. I, and these players, I mean, I mean, it's hard. They can't go out to eat. I don't think they can get their haircut. They can't interact with people who aren't, I guess, in the major league baseball community. Well, I think they don't know. I think that what I read was every team has their own barber. Not that that's a huge deal, but just to give my two cents. No, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they could afford their own barber, but you know, some people have their guy. Everybody has their guy. You know. I'm just saying, you know, they can't go to restaurants. They can't go to bars. Not that anyone's doing that anyway. It's 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 just it seems like a close to impossible thing for any of these sports to pull off this year to finish. I don't a think season. it's going to be as much. Of I a think big deal. I think they can start it. I think they can get pretty far into it. But uh, nah. this virus, this virus changes every day. No, the I don't agree. Hotspots change every day. I don't agree. I think that I, I think it's going to be okay once we get started and things going on. I think that everyone will get used to what's going on. I think it'll be okay. I think they'll finish the season. I mean, God forbid if there's an outbreak with a whole team, can you shut a whole team down and continue the season? I think these if that teams happens, in, it's these, not going to go These teams on. in these teams in Florida, the Tampa, the Miamis. I mean, we're blessed that New Jersey's done a good job of flattening the curve and things are opening up. We're in phase three of the reopening, but a lot of states are turning back their reopenings and going back to square one. Yeah, but it's I tough. would, I would got to imagine if a, a whole team, a whole, I mean, that's, I guess that's why they have the 60 man roster too. Um, is if a whole team got wiped out at that point, they would have to shut down. They wouldn't be able to continue moving forwards. But I think the whole league comes to a halt, if that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If yeah, one yeah. team has, a, has an outbreak, they're going to have to shut down the whole league because those guys came in contact with how many other players in the league. And if one guy gets it, 
well, during the season no. when they're all together because DJ LeMahieu is either has it or has or is asymptomatic or how, I don't know the I don't know the medical terminology, but he's self isolating until he's the only better. Player right now, but if that, that happens somewhat... while the season's happening and he was in the locker room with everyone and then get a, got a positive test then don't you have to s- still isolate everyone until well, everyone theoretically goes? that's the point of all these precautions i guess right yeah yes i don't know how you know whatever <laughs> I, I mean they 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 i saw the report on the initial testings were what i think it was a 1.9% came back positive and that was it, it was 1.2 yeah and that was great that which was better crazy. than all the four teams can we can we talk about this for 2 seconds please because to me this is wild 1% of MLB players tested positive. And what was that combined. Okay, that's wild. Yeah. yeah it's over 3,000 people. Six. Because they were doing a, they were self they were social distancing. That's great. And that's awesome for them. They did a mm-hmm. great job. 16% of the NBA. It was 7.2. Where did I read 16? <laughs> I'm not sure, but it was 7.2. 7.2 is an absurd amount more. And NHL was somewhere in the sixes. It, it's just and say you take that 1% and then you remove the people that are symptomatic, like Freddie Freeman and a li- like a couple more people. It's not many that are actually symptomatic. Yeah, Freddie Freeman is not feeling good. No, he's not. But so the point being is like, if you're not symptomatic, the chances of you spreading the virus is extremely, extremely, extremely slim. Because look, our, we don't even know how the virus is really like effectively spreading at this point is it airborne are the droplets is it surfaces like who the heck knows at this point but if you're not coughing you you can't really spread the virus or coughing especially if you're wearing a mask yeah like you just can't you can't do it like it's just i don't know i personally think that in the turn in in the sports world it's a little bit blown out of proportion here the effect that it might have knock on wood there's nothing crazy that happens throughout the season in any sport I don't know. I think it's going to be safe once people get in the groove and get used to it. Yeah, it's definitely. Let's just hope so. Let's hope it, so. It's definitely going to be different. I mean, I'm rooting for the season to get completed. I want a World Series to watch in October, but it, it, it's going to be very difficult to get every player on board with going to the ballpark and back to their house or hotel every time, not straying away not getting into restaurants or anything like that. Everyone needs to buy in and work together as a league to follow the guidelines recommended by the CDC, recommended by Major League Baseball, by the commissioner, to just get in and get out. And if you want to go to a restaurant and you want to spit and you want to go to a bar and you want to hang out with people, you you, got to wait a couple months until you can. Or opt out. Or opt out, exactly. So and Aaron Judge said that a couple of days ago. Yeah, he did. Who he should be captain immediately. I love that guy. If he would just stay healthy. I mean, if he stayed if he stays healthy, I mean, he might be extension eligible next year. He might be captain eligible next year. He just needs to put up a season like he did in seventeen. But I don't want to talk about that right now. What I want to talk about is something that kind of blew up um, over the weekend. I thought it was kind of funny. I also thought it was kind of sad. Um, the pa- Pablo Sandoval picture. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, a beat reporter for the Giants. I don't. I, I hope you guys saw this. He That's tweeted right. out a very unflattering picture of Pablo Sandoval, and then tweeted how his throws looked good. Uh, Carabas over at ball, Barstool um, jumped all over it because he doesn't like him because he sucked as a Red Sox, 
and everyone went the Red on Sox and on. made him skinny. Yeah, it's the Red Sox fault. Went on and on about his weight. And it, I I thought it was kind of funny, but open forum here. What were you guys' initial reaction to the Sandoval picture? I cannot believe he looks the way he does. It's definitely a little jarring. He was big. I mean, like he's a big he guy. Big. He's always been big, but that's a little obscene. But you look at guys that have been successful, like. Prince Fielder, for example, he was never skinny by any means or truly in shape. Like, yes, he's in shape to play baseball, and he's an athletic guy, and he got the job done. But, like, you're Pablo Sandoval. Like, you, he's not a first baseman, but, like, he's called Panda, like, for a reason. Like, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily stemmed from that, but, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's it's a, a World huge Series deal. MVP. As long as he can do things, like – Ten years ago. There's no problem with Still. it. Still – yeah, I, I mean, he, he's been able to play like that. And I, when he went to Boston, they had weight clauses in there and they made him drop weight and he struggled. And the, do you really tie in the weight loss to struggling? Do you think those go hand in hand? Yeah. CC said it made it had an effect on him. You guys saw it was firsthand. A it's York. a pitcher. Pitcher's but completely different. Still, he's, he said when he lost weight, that affected him. And that might also be an excuse for being for being terrible. David Ortiz was a big dude, but David I Ortiz think they were never... strong. They were David strong Ortiz guys. Played half the Pablo game. Sandoval's a big guy. Prince Fielder and uh, David Ortiz; those are strong guys. I think Pablo's fat, and especially when you're in quarantine and you have nothing to do other than, you know, work out and get in shape, or uh, eat. That, that, or that's hey, a bad look I... when you decide to do what Cash just said and eat. There's a difference between there's difference between being bulky like a Mike Ford on the Yankees and being fat. I think Pablo's fat, and I think that's a problem. Hey, he's a 280 career hitter, and he won a World Series MVP. If you told me I would have that, I'd take that in a day. I wouldn't even have to think about it. You take that career too. Three-time World Series champion. You should take. It's, it's how he you is. Take care of yourself, I guess. That, I don't know. If he want, if that's how he is comfortable, then he's comfortable that way. He's made a career out of it. He was yeah. a pretty damn good baseball I mean, player. Yes and no, Scott. He also didn't look like that a few months ago during spring training. So that leads me to believe that he hasn't worked out. That's fine. The he's also on a minor league contract. last year in 108 games. He played more games than Aaron Judge last year. At really what 20 pounds lighter, maybe. And 20 pounds when you're that heavy. I mean, not that he's that heavy, but when he's probably around 260. Like, it, the difference of 240 and 260 is not much if your agility's there. If he can play third base, he can play third base. I don't think it really takes much away. Hell, I saw too that the Giants are trying to go sign Barry Bonds to DH. If like, People were mulling with the idea. That would have been amazing. And if you're okay with that, I would love to see that. But if you're okay with that, you got to be okay with this. I would love to see it so he could take Trevor Bauer deep. That'd be hilarious. Trevor Bauer was wearing a Houston Astros Trastros shirt. Thought it was great. Thought it was fantastic. I'm now a Trevor Bauer guy. I don't know if you know that, Scott. That didn't I, take much. I That's love good. Trevor Bauer. Good for you. It's so easy for me to get on your side. It's so easy. Yeah, it's taken me five years yeah, and we're still not you there. You make it nope, so not hard. there yet. Yep. I pick and choose. Kidding. All right, what else is on the docket? You guys, you guys start something. I have the betting lines for the first two games, Yankees Nats and Giants Dodgers. Um, let's start with Giants Dodgers. Um, 
So they're projecting the pitchers to be Johnny Cueto and Kershaw, which I feel like is understandable as Bumgarner is not a giant anymore. Isn't Bueller the guy now in Los Angeles? Yeah, Bueller's the dude. I mean, he's the 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 dude, but he's not the number one. You can't just bump Kershaw. Of course he's the number one. one. Kershaw's done nothing wrong. You can't just take Clayton Kershaw. Okay, well, you know, CeCe wasn't the opening day starter every year for the 10 years. I mean, eventually you get bumped. All right, well, who's the number two guy for the Giants? Like, who they, they Bueller's going to go out there on day two, and he's just going to beat him down. Like, it's, it's whatever. Kershaw I, I just feel more like opening, day, opening day should be the best pitcher now. It shouldn't be a, you know, time machine tour. All right, last year, Strasburg was arguably better than Max Scherzer. Max, Max Scherzer has the contract. He's still very good. It, that's my Kershaw point. Kershaw doesn't With have a contract? Kershaw versus – a guy like Walker Bueller, you can't just take him out the of the talent. Day. The, uh, who's a, who's a, the gap between Bueller and Kershaw at this point is much wider than Strasburg and Scherzer, in my opinion. No. Kershaw is pretty good. Did Kershaw have a bad season last year? Did I miss something? Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just blinded by the playoffs. I, I feel like Walker. They're both very good pitchers, but it's sure, like, I know that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they're very, very good. I'd go with Bueller opening day. I wouldn't shame them for going with either. I don't know. I feel like you from just what opening day holds and the fact that sometimes people take pride in starting consecutive opening days. Like that's not something you can just take away from Clayton Kershaw at this point in his career when he still has the stuff. So going back to the betting lines, um, the Giants are plus 235 on the money line. The Dodgers are minus 280. So I think they're showing some confidence in Kershaw there. Um, The Giants also suck, so. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a no-brainer. It's not something I'm necessarily going to bet unless I parlay it with the next game. Um, but I feel like we're going to have no arguments here on who to take. Yeah, I take the, I'll take the Dodgers. Can I, Dodgers can I throw is something out top there three for team you, in the Clayton game. Kershaw? Go ahead. And so Clayton Kershaw um, has now started, I think, if he starts this year, it'll be nine uh, straight. Opening day starts. Oh, I didn't, last, I didn't, I didn't know he had the, a streak in, going. In the last, in the last eight, the Dodgers are seven and one, and Kershaw has personally gone five and one with a one point zero five ERA, fifty nine strikeouts, and fifty one and two thirds innings. Okay, fine. I changed my mind. I was presented with new information, and now I changed my mind. So and point the, for the me. Only I should be praised for my maturity against, here. The only loss was against the Dodgers. And Madison, I believe Madison Bumgarner hit a solo home run in that game. And I remember they lost that game. One nothing. All right, I fine. Give him the ball. Correctly. That's fine. So, just off based off that, Scott, um, I saw a tweet saying that if the DH never comes back, Madison Bumgarner is the last pitcher to hit a home run in the MLB. Well, you don't know that. I mean, it can be a game that's weird, and you end up losing the DH, and a pitcher hits a home run. Well, for now, he's the last guy, and I think it's fitting. So, all right, moving on. Yeah, for you um, maybe because I he still don't think well Madison you. Bumgarner home run negates the ninety percent of pitchers at bats that are terrible. But you better be careful time. with your words we, here on we, Madison Bumgarner because you're like no. I'm 10. saying his home runs don't convince me that there shouldn't be a DH in both leagues. No, I agree with that. I mean, he's That's an anomaly there. Um, anemone. The Yankees are minus 128 on the oh, road. I honestly might Washington. put on $500 on that. 
and Scherzer for the Nats at plus 110. Now, I had this conversation with my friends the other day in the car. We were trying to predict before the lines came out what it would be, and I said there is no way that the defending champions are home dogs. And I ended up being wrong here. I thought the Yankees would for sure be a very slight underdog on the road in Washington. Even there's with no Garrett fans, though, so that really affects lines when there's no fans. I mean, what well, is home field advantage point. anymore? If well, there are fans in the stands, in the bottom of the ninth. If there are fans, I feel like the Yankees would absolutely be dogs. Yeah, I mean, the I Nationals know. are also going to be without Anthony Rendon for the first time and Ryan Zimmerman, two pretty important guys for that team. And the Yankees have uh, Garrett and, Cole going. And Garrett so. Cole will be starting. Garrett Cole. Let's not forget, the Nationals didn't win the division. I mean, they had a historic run, but it's still go. the regular season. They're the World Series champs. No, I understand that. I understand. I mean, I mean but the power rankings know. that we were talking about before had the Nationals at like seven. I think that's fair at this point. They're a worse team than they were last year. They're still very good team, but they're a worse team than they were last year. I mean, they're not they the favorites get, to win the division this year. They're not they going to win the division. Better. They're not going to win mean, the division. The Braves are probably still the favorite. They've won it the last two years. Oh, look at you this. Love look what we got going on here. Oh, my God. You're such a fraud. You look like First me a all, couple episodes ago when I had the Mariners hat on and the Yankee yeah, jersey. I was just going to say, I mean, Tyler gets to wear a Mariners hat and a Ken Griffey jersey. I put on a Braves hat and I get called a fraud. That was for, wasn't that for, aren't you the Mariners in like your men's league? Yeah, it was my men's league. Okay, hat. then there it around. is. Give me the BS. Don't. <laughs> I wear the hat on the field. I don't wear it around. I do wear it around. But Thank you. So I'm allowed like to wear it, whatever but, hat I want. Yeah, but you don't play for the Braves. You just own stock in the Braves. I'm not going to go Thank walk you. around with like a, a Zoom hat because I didn't I remember a few, year, few years ago during the Cubs well, run to the should. World Series, you had a Cubs hat on during the entire month of October. <laughs> My mom went to Chicago and got me a Cubs hat. <laughs> I you wore it the entire, entire month. We had a class together the first I semester. I the entire month. Every day. Every I collect hats, so I have a bunch of hats. I collect hats, too. Look at my, my wall up here. Look at my mom hats. went to Chicago, and I asked her if she could please bring me home a Chicago Cubs hat. And she said, of course, honey, anything for you. So I'm wearing the gift <laughs> my mom gave me. Your mom is a saint. <laughs> my mom is a saint. Your mom's a great lady. Can we get her on the podcast? That you want to have her on? Mom! No, oh no. <laughs> right now? <laughs> not yet. Not, 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 I, I didn't prepare for an interview. I can't do it. All right, never mind. <laughs> All right, oh. let's clip that. That's going up on social media. It's just cash. Mom! That's going to be the Instagram. Great. That's My gonna mom's going to come now video. because I just yelled. Watch this. Un- unbelievable. We should have an episode of with, with moms. A mom. You know, we won't be in the podcast. We'll just have our four moms just, just talk. talk on Zoom. Just give them talking points. We never and met each other. Talk about baseball. We'll tell them. I don't know. Interesting. I think that's a good idea for a podcast. I really so, do because here's what I'm thinking, right? Now I'm just going to think out loud. Okay, go ahead. I'll bring our moms on. And we ask our moms thoughts baseball questions, baseball questions, and whatever they say goes. All right, because they're always moms are always right. Moms are always right. My mom, Cash, you'd like my mom. She hates the fact that Joe Girardi's not the Yankees manager. I already love your mom. Uh, she just despises. She, she makes fun of you, so it's, it's a win-win. she does. <laughs> she does. Good old Tara makes fun of me, but yeah, like, she. Can we talk loves, about the um the, the yeah. Facebook video of your dad eating the um what was the it? Breakfast? Yes. At the Germany Pavilion in Epcot? Yes, that was amazing. Go ahead. That was the best thing I've ever seen. Have you? Did you guys see it? I did not yeah. see this video. You have to go see it. Basically, I my dad it. had my dad drank around the world at Epcot and then decided to send me a video of his day. It's fun. 
There's nothing really more than that. Where, where can I find this video? It's on Facebook. If you go down Facebook, my Facebook, okay. it's there. All right, I'll go find um, it. So what else we got here? Well, I think we need to uh, re-loop uh, back yeah, to last week's end. Okay. Um, with the, how, long the, do we, how long have we been talking? So I got an answer. Uh, and I'm assuming you guys but heard the same we thing. Need to, I think we need to set it back up. You're right. You can do that, and then I'll hop in. <laughs> so last week at the end of the pod, I brought up uh, the fact that I had heard an interesting thing on uh, another one of the podcasts that I listened to um, where – there's a potential for a chance for a starting pitcher to throw a perfect game into an extra inning and then lose the game. And if whether or not it would still be a perfect game, I'm, it's a tough question because the pitcher didn't put that player on base. That player was forced onto second base by rule. That's not the pitcher's fault. So, I'm assuming you guys heard the same thing I heard yesterday. I heard it's an error, but it's not to anyone. No. That's not what Michael Kay said yesterday. Oh, then I misheard him because that's what I heard it from. Michael Kay said that if, regardless of who's pitching, okay, it's an unearned run to the team. So it is possible to throw a perfect game and lose. It is in the books a perfect game and you still lose. That would suck so much. I mean, the odds of it happening. But, are the, but low. the point of a perfect game is that the line is perfect. Doesn't matter. No runs. That's not no your hits, run. That's no not errors. Your run. But you it's can, a run, nonetheless. It's still a perfect game, though. I like it. Said. If you're like in, a normal, in, 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 a, in a normal game, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue. I'm just being devil's advocate. Cash likes to be devil's advocate all the time. I'm going to do it now. If you're pitching a normal game, and you're pitching a perfect game in the eighth inning, and then there's a ground ball to short, and the shortstop boots it. That's not your fault. No, but it's a no-hitter. Yeah. But wouldn't if there's a run, even if it's not your fault, but again, that, wouldn't that, that still be a no-hitter? Just a no-hitter. That is placed onto second base. Yeah, it's nobody's fault. It's like Rob Manfred's fault. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, like, that, everything's that Rob is, Manfred's fault. That and then, run is on Rob Manfred. His ERA goes up. But I'm just saying, and so, he doesn't have the opportunity to even get out. It's going to be like the Trevor Rosenthal, like infinite ERA, like in the beginning yeah. of last year. But again, what starters pitching in the tenth inning anyway? I mean, well, you know, Ching there's Ming a Wong, chance Garrett Cole's dealing. Ching Ming Wong threw 81 pitches through nine innings last, oh, uh, not last year, a last long year time ago. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget it. It was after my T-ball game. My grandmother came up to me and she goes, "You know what Ching Ming Wong just did?" And I said, "No, I was playing T-ball." And is that he just threw 81 pitches in nine innings and gave up four hits and a complete game shutout. And I said, I want a Ming Wong jersey. Did you get one? It, it would have I got a shirt, be... a, a player, a jersey. See, if you got an authentic jersey, contact. you would have a Severino jersey right now. I was in T-ball. That's true. It's a good point. Get it big. Grow into it. Just he was a husky us. kid, so now it still fits. Hey, I was a husky kid. Oh, I'm okay? sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now we hit a hot button. I you was look obese. great. You look fantastic now. Thank you. You're I was welcome. an obese child. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, no. But anyway, it's – how could you it's lose – And then you're not – Didn't somebody lose a no-hitter once? Yeah, it's, I yeah, feel like that's happened lost plenty. No hitters of, well, not plenty, but a handful of times. It's happened. How do you celebrate a perfect game if you lose? You don't. You don't. I, I think I just. I'd be so pissed. We don't I'd celebrate perfect games when you win now because you can't high five, you can't dog pile, you can't do anything. It's just what like what would hey, happen. Here you go. Yeah, there's well, a perfect game. Sorry, I break the rules. You're fine. If I'm catching a perfect game, 
I'm jumping on my pitcher. I don't care. That's most likely the only time in your life you're going to pitch one. Right. And nobody I mean, was there to see it. A lot nobody. of people, like Brett Gardner has nine career walk-off hits. You know, nobody has more. Than, does anyone have more than one perfect game? Does Ryan? Does Nolan Ryan have more than one? He has like seven no-hitters, but perfect game. Um, I don't think anyone has more so. than one. I don't know. Let's look it up. And what happens, going back to Dogpile, what happens when you win the World Series? Whatever team wins the World Series, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, I hope by then there's some sort of a uh, – I hope by then there's some air, sort of vaccine. Air five and you, you walk off the field. And you just you go home. Go, well, everybody can get it beer at, at that point. You just go home and right. you quarantine it's, for 14 okay. days. True, true, exactly. Not are actually, gonna be, are there going to be champagne? Thing, are there going to be champagne celebrations? When you win the division, From six feet apart, you just got to get some. You got to pop the cap the right it's way. Crazy. Everyone, everyone cracks cracks open one beer and they sit at their their locker and they drink. Completely sick. All right, Cash. Who is your uh, most hated person of the week? Oh boy. I'm gonna go a little off script here. I think I know it. It's always off script, Cash. No. Cash is never on script. This one's gonna hit hard. Okay. Here's some truth bombs here. Okay. Here we go. I was looking My most to it. hated player of the week. Mm. Is Deshaun Jackson. Mm. Ooh. This guy obviously plays in the NFL, but spit out some anti-Semitic bullshit on social media yesterday, which hit me the wrong way. And I'm angry. And I'm finally at a platform where I could talk about the fact that this guy is the biggest royal piece of garbage I've ever seen in my life. Okay? You say one bad thing about Black Lives Matter, and that's it. Game over. You're not allowed to speak to anyone for the rest of your life. This guy just pretty much says a, a whole post about anti-Semitism and the Eagles just apologize and everything's forgiven. And that's they, a whole load of no, bullshit. No, no. They, no. They, not, they apologize and they condemned Deshaun Jackson and they said that we do true. not stand with him whatsoever. Whippity-doo. Are you serious? Come on. What I did mean, they do to Riley Cooper? They cut him. And then he's then no, they kept, they kept him on the team. Actually, they did. Yeah. Well, the Eagles. He stayed for bad, a year. Bad. Luck, the Eagles. Philly. I don't know. They got to cut him. Bad immediately. Luck, Philly. But he nevertheless, quote, he, put, he put Hitler quotes on his Instagram story. It's bad. It's bad. And I, is Deshaun Jackson still that good? Where you need him on your team, Scott? Yes. Well, he's still that. He shouldn't good. be. I'm not gonna get into that. He with was you guys. my most. He was my most hated player before. And now, because of Matt Dodge. Yeah, we're not gonna get into it, but <laughs> should have pawned the ball out of bounds. Yeah, he should have. And he got he also cut. shouldn't have blown a thirty-point lead. Oh yeah, Fair. there was a lot of different big things that should. It was have a happened. rough day for me. But I'm sure Cash was, Cash was there too. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. I threw my gloves over the mezzanine. I still haven't seen them. Um, oh, man. To me. That's a problem because it just is. Everything going on in the world, um, it's a problem. So. How is he not completely done? I mean, this cancel culture that's come spreading throughout society like a wildfire. Why is he not completely done? Let me tell you something that nobody realizes is that a lot of people don't like Jewish people. And since there's not that many Jewish people in the world, only 2% of the population is Jewish. It's not that big of a deal, but... Not that many like people like Jewish people, so that's why he hasn't been canceled. I think he should be canceled. I, I think it's a fair point. 
I don't want to elaborate and go too in depth with this. No, but I, I don't think we should point. either. But he's my most hated player of the week. As he should. All right, yeah, Ty and Cash. I, I, I like that. No, Ty and Cash. It's Ty and Scott. Final thoughts for you guys. Who first? Oh, whoever well, you guys. You guys are adults. All right. Well, I'm pulling up my tweet for today. Also, I guess I'll preface it while I do this. Um, okay. So today, uh, date of filming. What is it? Tuesday, July seventh. Um, which would be yesterday if you're listening to it on the day that the podcast is dropping. Um, I, or Miguel Andujar took Garrett Cole deep. We talked about this before earlier in the podcast. So I went on Twitter and I found the Yes Network's um, clip of it that they tweeted. So I just made a kind of a lighthearted joke. Obviously over text, you can't show any emotion. You can't show your tone. You can't show anything. So I wrote, love that. Aaron Judge and Miguel Andujar are taking our ace deep, but slightly concerned about our $300 million ace. And I had this like 10 year old or somebody like in my notifications. And he said, and I quote, dude, chill. It's one at bat during a sim game. Calm down. LOL. And I was just looking at my phone one saying like, that is exactly why I do not respond to tweets from verified accounts because of this reason. 10 year olds going to just jump on you. People just jump on me for no reason. How is being slightly concerned grounds to tell me to calm down when it was a joke and that's it and i don't know I, well i gave you a sarcastic a comment the other place. day about nick swisher and you didn't understand the sarcasm i want to piss yeah, so how can, how can you blame sar- how can on. you i how can you not tell i was being sarcastic because i don't really like what you have to say okay so i pick and choose what i feel how like you didn't like to, you, you didn't the like it when there, i said that cam newton was washed up you didn't no, like i didn't that. I did not like that. That's a conversation for another day and possibly another podcast because we talk baseball here, but we can touch on it. I don't know. Let's table that one for next week. No, no, we'll table um, that one. No, but the difference with that is we were having a conversation. So sarcasm was welcomed. I don't even know this guy. And he just felt the need to just jump down my throat. And that's it. See, if you put your account on private, nobody can get to you. Well, we run we run a social media thing here. That's so true. I don't know. That's a good I point. Like you're a social media. You're, a, uh, you're an entrepreneur. You're a social we're all, media. We're all part of it. Is your Twitter on private, Glenn? No, it's not. Oh, boy. Thank God. Oh, boy. Uh, Scott, I'm going to bait you into your final thought. You are against the Yankees' facial hair policy. So go at, off, King. At this point, like, why can't someone have a beard? Why can't someone have Because the company hair? has a policy that you must abide by. Whoop-de-freaking-do. George Steinbrenner's dead. Like, oh. But his son's the owner. So it's an I, outdated policy, man. Like, okay, but if I was employed right now, I couldn't have this. I'd have to clean it up. You'd the still minors? be allowed to have facial hair. Yeah, but I, I, I can't do whatever I want. And have a be- like, I can have a beard. I can have long hair well, if I want. But they're also every paying you a lot of money. Every company's different. But, it, like, what, what, is, what is so bad about so For those who haven't beard? seen it, Andrew McCutcheon went off. He didn't, go off. he didn't go off. He didn't go off. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. He was asked he a question asked, about the Yankees. And he wasn't ready for the question. So it came off a little, like, critical on the Yankees about how it takes away from a player's uniqueness and individuality. My argument is that you shouldn't need facial hair to be unique. I think that's lame. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, a lot of these younger generations like having long hair. They like having beards. And the Yankees, since 1973, have had this policy started by George Steinbrenner when he bought the team that he wants his players clean cut. And the idea of that is that you, as a, I guess, as an individual, are not bigger than the pinstripes that you wear. 
And I couldn't agree more. For the same reason, they don't have names on the back of their jerseys. You play what's on the front, and everyone will remember the name on the back. And, and I talked about this in the group chat last night, and I'm going to compare the two companies because they're two of the most recognizable and famous American institutions that you can find. And that's Disney and the Yankees. Both are worldwide. Everybody knows about those two companies. The Yankees hat is one of the most iconic articles of clothing. And obviously Disney is a billion dollar entertainment corporation. Both have their employees look a certain way to uphold the standard of the brand, according to the leader, which is the CEO whether it's Bob Iger or the owner of the Yankees, which is Hal Steinbrenner. So they have the right, in my opinion, to tell their employees, hey, you have to look a certain way to play the part if you're going to be a part of this corporation. I agree. You, I agree. Can, and if, you can still have a beard and look professional. Like, well, I mean, if you don't like it, they'll play for the like Yankees. If, I wouldn't say they could reverse it completely, but I would not be opposed to maybe the hair. But, I mean, the facial hair is – See, that's where I feel like I, the facial again, hair could stay. I don't agree. I don't agree because if you look at some of the guys on the team, like look at Garrett Cole, he still has long hair. It's not a uh, shade. CeCe Sabathia, if you look at highlights, go on YouTube, type in CeCe Sabathia. He still has a beard. It's he just not stubble. this long. Like we're cash you're not allowed. You're not allowed to have over a two. I read up on the rule last night. You're not allowed two to have over a two. Two is pretty significant. Like I got my hair cut today. This is a two. You look great. I appreciate that, but that's not the point here. This is a two. If I had this on my face, like it'd be noticeable. And that article could have been wrong, but that's because what Jeter used to say was they don't like us going more than one or two days without shaving. So I don't know. I mean, I guess Whatever. the universal rule is clean shaven, but the hair thing, you know, look at Clint Frazier saw his long hair. It's just not down to where it was. That's so, fair. I mean, look, I think There's it's just stupid to, to keep harping like, on it. It doesn't – I don't know. It, it's a lost do you, point for me can, to argue Scott, with Scott, do you need your beard to be unique to who you are as a person? No, but I, I like mean, having it. I made a sarcastic <laughs> comment in, in the group chat. Like, Nick Swisher is one of the most boisterous people the Yankees have ever had. He was clean cut. Yeah, he shaved his beard. He shaved his he shaved hair. shaved his beard. He's still individual. I, I, the idea that – Right. I'd rather a player say I want a beard because I just like the way I look with a beard on instead of cleanly shaven instead of just this bullshit I want to be unique and I want to be my own person I think that's stupid and that's what I I'm look better with I, just, have a beard say it. I look better with a beard just say that but it's still not going to change the rules that the company gives you that's fair I mean all right also so going Scott, off that... if the, Scott if the Yankees said I'll give you 30 million dollars per year but you have to be you have to shave are you going to say yes or no sure okay but I'm um, not going to have that opportunity. They're not calling me tomorrow offering me $30 million. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to argue for the fact that someone should be able to have a beard. Um, going off that, um, I tweeted today that a Garrett Cole t-shirt is going to be coming out with his quote saying, um, you play for the Yankees, you shave the beard, and that's what's up. And that's um, what's up. It's one of my favorites. So, that will be on a T-shirt by the time this podcast drops. So go over to capsonsports.com slash store or slash shop. I don't know. Check our social media out. You know where to find us. Um, that shirt will be out. And, yeah, buy it. Wear it Everyone's going to wear them. I hope so. I it's it it's going to be the Stadium biggest shirt. Year. It's going to be the biggest shirt in town. I guarantee I so. it. That would be nice. So that will just about do it for this episode of Base Hit Ball 4. We'll be back next week, close, one week closer 
to finally having opening day. For Alex Cashman and Scott Roswald and Tyler Blumasek, my name's Glenn Denier saying so long and have a good rest of your week.